May I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, my friends, as I hope you know, it is May. (laughs) Yes. And at the school where I used to serve as a school chaplain, we referred to it as the 100 days of May. Because in May, the school crammed the month full of every single summative event that you could think of. We had the spring concert, we had the art show, we had the talent show, we had the Olympiad, which was a big PE all-day event, we had the baccalaureate chapel, and of course we had graduation. And in addition to all of that, the kids had school. These were just the events that interrupted their school schedule. They still had all their final projects, they had their final exams. It just made for crazy kids and even crazier parents. And I suspect that it's why we celebrate days to honor our parents during this period of time in the calendar year, because they need celebrating. Now, the church is in somewhat of a similar mode. We're at our halfway point in the season of Easter. This is the fourth of seven Sundays in Easter. And our godly play curriculum that we teach our children with has incredible wisdom about Easter. First of all, it says that the reason why we use white in our altar vestments and in everything you see around church is because It is the color of pure celebration. And that's what we're up to, to these seven weeks. The mystery of Jesus' death and resurrection, Godly Play says, is so big and so enormous that it takes us seven weeks to cope with it and to properly celebrate it. So really, what we ought to be doing for these seven weeks of Easter is having an Easter egg hunt every Sunday, flowering the cross every Sunday, doing a pinata on the basketball court every Sunday. Uh, We should be coming early on Saturday, our altar guild and our flower guild, to polish all of the brass, to create beautiful flower arrangements for our Easter Sunday. We should be doing that every single week during the season of Easter. Does anybody else feel tired? And it's because we are people who have come out of the great ordeal of Lent. Listen to our reading in Revelation this morning. Who are these robed in white and where have they come from? The answer is, these are they who have come out to the great ordeal, come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. Anybody else feel tired? (laughs) Who's up for worshiping God in his temple day and night without ceasing? If it sounds exhausting, it's because it is. It just is. The idea of staying up day and night worshiping God makes me tired. But here's the thing. It actually really, really matters who or what we worship. It matters who or what we celebrate, what we praise. It really matters. 
Walter Brueggemann has written a brilliant book called Sabbath as Resistance. And in that book, he offers this idea that we have two different worlds. There is the world of Pharaoh, and there is the world of God. And for today's purposes, we're going to call it the world of the Good Shepherd. Let's look at the world of Pharaoh. In the book of Exodus, Pharaoh tells the Israelites, I will not give you straw. Go and get straw yourselves wherever you can find it, but your work will not be lessened in the least. Pharaoh has enslaved these people, and he is wanting more and more and more out of them. And they're building bricks. Why are they building bricks? Because there is such an excess of grain in his kingdom that they're having to go build entire cities in order to store all the extra grain. So there is an excess of things for people to eat and to consume. This is a system that is of 24-7 consumption. And when you have a system of 24-7 consumption, you have to have a system of 24-7 production. Does that sound like our world today to any of you? I'll give you a great example of this. There was one Thanksgiving where I, as the good daughter, had one job. And my one job was to bring the cranberries. Well, I show up for Thanksgiving, it's a beautiful time, the family starts to cook and kind of nibble and, you know, have this lovely, warm togetherness, and I realize I forgot the cranberries. So what do I do? I do what any good daughter would do. I run out to the store, and what I saw there brought me up short. The store was open. The store was full of people who, like me, had forgotten the gravy or the stuffing or, God forbid, the turkey. <laughs> but more importantly, what I noticed was the workers. There were workers there who had staffed the store ready for all of us who had forgotten our last-minute Thanksgiving meal side dishes so that they could serve us and they could check us out. It didn't even occur to me that I could still have a warm and loving and friendly Thanksgiving with my family without cranberries. Because this 24-7 consumption and 24-7 production culture has sold me this idea of Thanksgiving on a Hallmark card that has the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the stuffing and yes, the cranberries because it just isn't Thanksgiving without the cranberries. And yet, here these people were, these workers, working on their day off, missing out on the warmth of family because I needed cranberries for my family. That is the system of Pharaoh. The Good Shepherd system is quite different. We read today the, the 23rd Psalm, which many of you might be familiar with. It's commonly read at funerals. But there's a really important line in there. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I know what kind of sheep I am in God's world, and I'm the kind of sheep that needs to be made to lie down. God has to wrestle me to the green pastures to get me to rest. Because I am in the system of Pharaoh, and I will run all over the planet to do and to hustle and be busy. The Good Shepherd says, no, 
I'm going to make you lie down in the green pastures and besides the still waters. This is the fourth commandment, the commandment to Sabbath. Yes, my friends, it is the same list that tells us to rest, that also tells us not to murder and not to steal. And by the way, it tells us to rest before it tells us not to murder and to steal. That's higher on the list. This is a different kind of system. Think about the Israelites in the wilderness. They were out in this rough existence. They had to fend for themselves. And yet God delivered them manna. And every morning they had to go out at the crack of dawn to gather up this manna before the sun rose. Because after the sun rose, the manna would melt away like dew. And the people had to gather it every single day. And it went bad the next day, except for one day. One day a week, the Israelites were allowed to collect a double portion before the manna melted away so that they could have one morning to sleep in. This was God's commandment to rest. Even in the wilderness, God commanded his people to rest. So what God's system really is, is it's a system of 24-hour praise and a system of 24-hour shelter, 24-7. So think of it this way. The people in Revelation are sitting there. They are praising God day and night. But look at what it says right after the spot that I left off. It says, And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to the springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The people come to the throne to worship 24-7 and they are cared for 24-7. They are fed and they are sheltered. They are kept from the heat by the Good Shepherd. God is a Good Shepherd because God knows our human nature. And God calls us each by name to follow in the path of the Good Shepherd instead of the path of Pharaoh. So go home and sink into a chair and take a nap. <laughs> and by the way, as you're sinking into the chair, why not mutter out, Thank you, Jesus. A nap in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, is the sweetest hymn to God's ears. It is the most ornate and fancy form of worship. It is the sanctuary decked out in beautiful flowers and gleaming brass. It is the pinata, it is the egg hunt. It is a sign of resurrection. It is a rejection of Pharaoh and a joyful exception, accepting of the Good Shepherd. It is claiming your identity as one of God's own sheep, lying in the green pasture by the still water. So claim it. Amen. Amen.